Welcome to Milkshake Monday. This is being brought to us by Fordos Production, my new company. I want to say welcome and thank you for joining us. Now, let me tell you something. Um, I have a smile on my face because I'm excited. You're going to hear some fireworks in my background because people are celebrating Independence Day. But before I start with the teaching title, I wanted to say we've had another incident of an evil shooting and there are people in Highland Park, Illinois, who are going through the loss of life and the tragedy and all of the different turmoil that happens when we have these shootings. And I think that tonight we're even going to have some perspective on that as well. So tonight's teaching, which is episode 198 is entitled, I put it as a title that's a provocative. It says storms at home. And I want to add a little title fireworks that no one talks about and where I'm getting that is that tonight, a lot of people have lined up in the dark to listen to the fireworks and we're seeing where you have explosives. And when you ever go to a fireworks uh, presentation, everybody's in the crowd and they're expectant and we wait for it to get dark. And all of a sudden the people that are doing the explosives with the fire trucks beside you and the safety people are there and you're a safe distance away and the explosions go up and we all look up at, at, in anticipation of seeing these beautiful colors, all these arrays of different graphics in the air and they come down falling and there's really no danger. And it's an exciting time. And as we drive back home or walk back to wherever we're going, we're kind of excited about what happens. But as soon as some of us shut the door to our homes, that's when the real fireworks start. And some people, you know, out in public, everything looks well, everybody's excited, the kids are excited, but they know as soon as they get back home, there's gonna be some trouble. And mom and dad, or even mom or dads who are by themselves, there's gonna be some fireworks. And tonight we're gonna talk about some of that because God is impressing on my heart some intervention. And, and one of the things I wanted to share, as you start to see some of the videos that I post regarding the Fordos production and some of our, our actual offerings. Why am I doing it? I love that some of the people I've heard in teachings that I listen to, a teacher has to, to actually be taught. And some of them talk about how it's so important to share. What is your intention? Well, my intention in the name of the Lord and for the purposes of God is that I want to be a force of encouragement and for people to hear the truth as spoken in love as best as I can. I believe that the Lord has gifted me with the ability to teach. And I believe that he's given me the spirit of encouragement as well as hospitality. So I'm willing to let you all come into my home every Monday and to share the message of Christ, because I think it's so important. Now, when it comes to our homes, Everybody wants to be very private and I understand that, but I think that the Lord has some teachings that all of us can benefit when it comes to having a firmer foundation of our home. And when God talks about building up a house, he's not talking about the structure. He's talking about those of us who are the family of God, who are behind the walls and the doors of these houses. So let's start with going to Matthew chapter seven, verse 18 through 29. I'm going to read it out of the English standard version, but I'm also going to use some references that you may see and have read yourself in the King James version. So let's start at verse 18. A healthy tree cannot bear bad, evil fruit, nor can a diseased corrupt tree bear good fruit. 
Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will, you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, we're talking about Jesus Christ, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Some versions say iniquity. Now, here's where we're going to talk about the home life and the problems that Christ is going to define and describe because we're having these issues and we think that this is so new and that God doesn't know anything about what's happening behind the closed doors of many of the people within the sound of my voice. Verse 24 says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them. Now here's the key thing. There are two verbs here, hears and does. You can't do one and not do the other. You need to hear his words and you need to do his words. And it says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. That's the rock, Jesus Christ in his word. Not talking about concrete because a lot of houses, most houses are built on concrete. We're not talking about your concrete slab. We're not talking about the natural slab of where your house is built. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Now, I want you all to understand something that happens in all of our homes, even believers homes, people that love the Lord, people that don't love the Lord, people that say, I believe the Lord Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and people to say, I don't believe in God. All homes encounter storms because you are a Christian doesn't mean you will not encounter a storm. There are going to be two actual outcomes that God's going to say, though, for the different storms that may come to all of our lives. The one that he's talking about first. The first one he's talking about in comparison to what he just talked about, that good tree and that evil tree and the fruits that are born and those that are going to be knowing of Christ and those that he said, I never knew you. Here's the first group that are actually hearing his words and doing them. He says, there's going to be some rain falling on this house. The storms are coming that the rain is falling. They're coming down. Circumstances are coming down to you. Drop, 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 drip, drip, drip. And that these rains, it's like anybody gets some kind of emergency uh, warning to say we've got flood, flash flood warnings. That in addition to the rain, the rain is going to come to such an extent that continuation of the rain is that the rain is going to collect to the point that all around your home, first it's coming down, but now all around your home is the flood waters. The flood waters that are so deep so deadly that you can't drive in it, you can't walk in it, but it's surrounding that home. And then he says, in addition to the water that's come down in the rain, in addition to the flood waters that are coming around the house, 
We're also going to have situations where the wind is going to blow and winds come all around the front, the sides and the back of the house. But then look at the word he used. He said, this wind is going to come down, but it's going to say it beats. It's going to beat on that house. God is talking to you about all the storms that are going to come at the house. But this is the house that is going to hear his words and is going to do his words. It's going to stand on his promises, going to stand in faith, trusting he is the rock. He is the foundation. He is the firm foundation. So as the rain falls, as the floods come, as the wind beats on the house, you're standing on the rock. Look what it says. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And verse 26 says, and everyone, the second group, the evil tree, the bad fruit, the people that don't want to find themselves trusting God, believing God, knowing what Christ says is truth. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not, operative word not, does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell the same storms of above the same listing of above you're going to see and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and a beat against that house same storms but look at the outcome that's different a sand which is this world these fleeting temporary people that think they know better than God, the wisdom of man, the traditions of man. It says the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. But I don't want y'all just to hear it fell. I want y'all to see and great was the fall of it. It just didn't say it fell. It says great was the fall of it. Now I want to tell y'all something. We think it's the building. We get caught up in the buildings of the houses of worship, the buildings when he says the house, we are the church. These structures of these homes, these houses is built on the foundation of faith. It's not talking about the brick and mortar, the concrete, the the different things that you see, apartments, condos, mobile homes, whatever you want to say is the building structure. Because guess what? When these homes fall because they don't want to hear the message of the Lord Jesus Christ, they don't want to do the message. I want to see how the trickle effect. I want to break it down for you because you have the building, which in the building you have the man and the wife, the husband and the wife, these people. And out of these people come these children or the child, whatever they may be. But then when it falls and it's a great fall, Husband and wife break apart. Children are affected because mama and daddy are going their separate ways. Schools are affected because now the children are broken, going house to house, having emotions that they can't handle. In the neighborhood, the kids now see the kids some days, two days, three days a week, but they see something that's changing in the neighborhood. The neighborhood sees that the couple is now selling the house. Now they got a new couple coming in and they don't know what's going on. Then the in-laws and the family structure is falling apart. The doctors are getting kids and now that are emotionally, now they're getting sicker and sicker. And now these kids are growing up and they have all these issues and you're seeing it in every different direction. The job and the coworkers are hearing about the pain of these two men and women that are falling apart. 
The friends are hearing about the people falling apart. So the community's being affected. The neighborhood's being affected. The school system's being affected. On the bus is being affected. Everything is being affected because something is broken in the house. And then you say, that doesn't really bother me because it's not affecting me. Do we think that this young boy that they are now trying to find, 22 years old, every week we see these young adult boys shooting guns, killing people. Do you think that this happened by chance? People are sick because the house is broken. It's built on sand. It happens to Christian homes. It happens to non-Christian homes. But the thing about it is God says you have to hear and do. Now let's go to another passage of scripture because I want to break it down a little bit easier for us to comprehend because you say, okay, Anita, that's kind of religious. You got Christ talking to us about houses. I'm going to show you how we're going to break it down. We're going to talk about these kids. I want you to go to John chapter six, verse nine, and we're going to talk about a young boy because I want you to see in this one scripture, this very quick scripture that many of us talk about, but I want us to see that if you can see a good tree and the good fruit from the tree, and you see how the house that's built on the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ, how you can see how the fruit will bear good fruit. And this is an example. Here's what the scripture says. John chapter six, verse nine. I'm going to read the King James version. And then I'm going to read a couple other versions. It says here, he was at when, excuse me, there is a lad here, which have five barley loaves and two small fishes. I'm going to stop at that. Now I'm going to go to the living Bible's translation. The translation speaks. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother spoke up. There's a youngster here with five barley loaves and a couple of fish. The NIV says, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. All of those different translations. I read like 15 of them today as I prepare for the study and they varied in what they were saying. They said, child, they said, lad. They said youngster, they said boy, they said little boy. All of the different versions were saying that this was a young child. And I want you to have an understanding. They don't mention his parents, mama or daddy. They talk about the boy. But I want you to understand that when you have a good tree and you have good fruit and you are doing and building your home and your houses on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ and his teaching and his words in doing them, your offspring of your children, the people in the house will find themselves being in the right place, doing the right thing with the right people. This young boy was there at the teaching of where Christ was to the point that Christ saw all these people and he realized they hadn't eaten, but this boy was prepared. This young child, who doesn't, we don't know if his parents were there. It doesn't seem like it because he was talking to Andrew by himself. And guess what? Think about this. How would Andrew understand to know that the child had food with them? Because I believe it doesn't say this, but I would believe that this boy was taught so much that when he brought out his food, he just didn't have it for himself. Selfishly, he said, would you like 
some of my food to eat. And that's the difference between hospitality, people that love hospitality. I would never bring out my sack lunches, I hear a lot of people say. And I got people beside me and I say, would you like a piece? And I'm not one of those people like, would you like a piece so you don't ever show it? I'm going to bring out my bread and my fish and I'm going to say, I'm going to be handed it to you to say, do you want some of this? And let you know that I am serious. I am real about this. To the point that this young child was offering up what he had, which was not a lot. Because if the disciples said, this ain't nothing, this is not enough for us to feed all these people. But they didn't understand who they were with. That young boy could have been anywhere. He could have been playing. He could have been doing anything. He chose to be learning about the Lord Jesus Christ. The right people was he was going to listen to the Lord Jesus Christ teach so he can learn. He was willing to bring his lunch so he could be prepared. So however long Jesus wanted to be there teaching, he was ready. He had his lunch. He had, he would spread that barley loaves out and that fish. If it was going to be in the morning, noon or night, because Jesus was a long winded person that taught and he wanted to learn, but he even wanted to share what he had, what little he may have had for himself. He was willing to share with others. Now, let me tell y'all something. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that all of your children are going to follow after the word of God. You can pray for them. You can be in, in constant example to share and take them to the word of God, take them to the house of prayer, pray with them. All those things does not mean that all of your children are going to turn out right. You just got to lift them up and before the Lord and share the message of the gospel. And you just pray and hope. But only God knows. And the reason why I want to say that, because I want to give you an example. David was a man after God's own heart and he made mistakes. He did things that he had to go back to God and ask for forgiveness. His children, you had one child, a boy that raped his sister. You had a, a son that wanted to usurp David and had sex with his concubines and wanted to take David's throne, murdered his brother. You had another brother that wanted to play games with Solomon after he got the crown and try to do some shenanigans to try to usurp even Solomon's reign. There was all kinds of drama and evilness within David's own children. David was still a man after God's own heart. Doesn't mean that because you love the Lord that you will not have situations where your children will do evil. And they will have a tree that is not of God. I just don't want you to think that because we're Christians, everything is perfect. Now let's go to another example. That was an example of children. Now I want to show you an example of relationships that you can find yourself. If you think that you love the Lord, you believe in your heart, you love the Lord. You can find yourself going astray, even in your relationships, even though you were brought up to know who the Lord is what his word requires, what the tenets of the principles of what you've seen in the word of God. This is an example that I won't spend a lot of time on because we've heard the story, but I want you all to understand that we're going to go talk about Samson. Samson was a Nazarite. His mom and daddy got the understanding from the angel at the beginning to know that he's supposed to follow the tenets of the Nazarite. So it wasn't that he didn't know things. It wasn't that he wasn't exposed to the principles of the faith. But something happened in the midst of his growing up days. 
I don't know. We saw the story, but you can see that at the beginning of Judges 16, that he was laying with a prostitute and he enjoyed it. Now, if he was with God and was set aside for God, if he couldn't even eat certain things, you know, he wasn't supposed to be laying with a prostitute, but as many of the preachers will say to you, I'm not a preacher, but many of the people will teach you over the years, he had a skirt problem. He found himself, we know about the story of Delilah, but what I want you to take away is that if you find that you are trying to be a part of what God's wanting to do in your life, you have to be careful and cautious of being in the wrong place, doing the wrong things with the wrong people. And that's exactly what you found that Samson was doing. And the storms that are coming against, the rain falling, the flood coming around, the wind beating against the house, that you find that children could be influenced, but then you have people in the wrong place at the wrong time doing the wrong things. And all of a sudden you bring together in a household things that are not ordained of God. And here we have a man that's supposed to be knowing better. He's about to get himself in a relationship with somebody. And we use this term in the New Testament, unequally yoked with an unbeliever. But Delilah doesn't know or care about the Lord. She's a Philistine and she's being used to get information about Samson. Now, the reality is, let's start at verse 16. Then she said to him, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you have made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. Why was he in love with an unbeliever? Problem, issue. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was tired to death. Now, you know that we all heard this, the scripture speak the truth and love in the New Testament. This is the Old Testament. He supposedly knows about the things of God, but he's finding himself having sex with prostitutes. And now he's with this woman and he's lying to her. So you're in a relationship where you're not supposed to be in the, that relationship and you're lying. So, you know, something's off when you think you got a lot of woman that you're, you're in a partnership with somebody that's not the right partnership and you're lying. And you're lying because you don't trust her. You're lying because you don't want to tell her the truth for whatever reason, Samson is not doing it, but he's lying to her, but she's nagging him. When he realized that she had tried to trap him the first time, the second time, the third time, don't you think that somebody with some kind of wisdom would have gotten out of that situation? No, this is not a good thing for my household. I'm trying to build. But he did not. He let her keep coming back, asking him more questions. He'd lie to her, but he kept laying in her lap. The storms are coming and he's not getting the message. So here we go here. So he told her in verse 17, he told her everything. You can't tell people that are not of God everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite set apart to God. What about lying in this woman's lap, a Philistine's lap, not a person of your faith or religion's lap? What about that seems like you're being set apart by God? But I want you to understand another problem that Samson has. He is going to give the credit and the authority and the power to his hair. And we always talk about his hair and his locks of his hair. It was the power of God, but he was in such a bad place in his understanding that he was giving the credit to his hair. When God withdrew from him, that's why he lost his strength. He may have lost his locks, but in God hearing who he was attributing his power to, he was so out of place. And guess what? Storms at the house, 
storms at your home is because you're not in the right place. You're not doing the right thing and you are not thinking and giving the right respect to the almighty God who will not take second place to how you think. Ask mother Eve. She tried to change what God said to Adam. And that's how Satan gets us. It says here, if my head were shaved, my strength would leave me. His strength wasn't his hair. His strength was in the Lord. And I would become weak as any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines, come back once more. He has told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with the silver in their hand, paying her off because she never was about him. And there's people that you are in relationships with, bringing these children up with that they have nothing to do with you. They don't love you. They don't love you. They want what they can get from you. And in the case here, Delilah could get some silver from the Philistines as she was going to sell out her supposed love of her life. He's not the love of her life. He, she is allowing him to be the lust of her life so she can get the loot of her life. That's what this is about. And some people have some hangers on, some stragglers, and the storms are beating against your house because you don't want to listen to the word of God and do the word of God, which he says, don't be unequally yoked to an unbeliever. It says what God has joined together. Let no man put asunder. God ain't joined some of this foolishness that y'all have. The, you can't have a foolish tree and a tree of wisdom. That's why he says, don't be unequally yoked. Now here, let's jump down here. Verse 20. Then she called Samson. The Philistines are upon you, baby. He awoke from his sleep. Some people are sleeping on the word and sleeping with the wrong person in the, in the wrong person's lap. I'll go out as before, as before when you with the Lord, as before when you were with the Lord and he was allowing his foolishness to have you, but then you'd have gone too far. Not to say God wasn't going to come back when he repented, but he's gone too far. He doesn't even recognize who his strength is from. He's given his hairlocks credit. I'll go out as before and shake myself free. He wasn't shaking himself free because of himself. He was shaking because of the power of God that was upon him. But he did not know. He did not know the house was in trouble. He did not know that the Lord had left him. These houses where the storms are beating down, where the floods are around, the rain is falling. You're not allowing the Lord to be in the house. You think the house is so powerful and so sound because you think your bank account, you think your knowledge, you think your cars, you think your couple of garages, you think all the stuff that you got, but you don't understand. It's not your hair locks. It's not any of that. It's the Lord and his word, his wisdom, his being the rock that causes you to have the firm foundation. It's not the sand. It is not the sand. The sand is the foolish one. It's the rock that can withstand the storms, not the foolishness of the sand. Now, the Philistines do seize Samson, but he has the time when his eyes are poked out and he's going around in the prison and his hair grew back. But again, it's not his hair. It's the reconciliation of him and the Lord. Now let's go to another scripture because of the time. 
We've talked about a child that is a godly child reared in a place that he understands the importance of Christ, the importance of being at the right place at the right time with the right people and sharing and giving. We've seen how even a man that's been groomed for the things of God could fall off track. But now we're going to go to Acts 5. And I've read Acts 5 so many times, but I'm going to read it out of the Wycliffe Bible. And I'm going to read about a couple who's in the church and who is going to be greedy and pretentious and pretending in their giving. And they're wanting to be looking the part, but not the part. And the reason why I tell you this, because Christ, after he talks about those good trees in Matthew chapter seven, he starts to talk about these people that are going to the houses of worship and they say they do all this stuff, but he knows it's not real. He knows it's not real. And Ananias and Sapphira is an example that I think that we don't take to heart. I used to remember that Matthew seven and I said, Oh my Lord, there are people that could be in the house of worship, taking communion, being Sunday school teachers, being ushers, being trustees, being preachers, being all these different roles that we have in the church house and they can get to heaven. And that's when they're going to find out from Christ that he never knew them, that they were putting on, that they hadn't been found out. In this case of Acts 5, they get found out. But there's a lot of people who don't need, who don't realize that if they are playing games, I hear this expression, faking it till they make it. You have to have a sincere relationship, a real faith-based relationship of love with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can put on and I, I could be fooled. You could fool me. You could fool Pastor Watts. You could fool everybody, but you can't fool God. Now, Acts 5 is an example that you can't fool the Holy Spirit. Look at what this scripture says. But a man, Ananias by name with Sapphira, his wife, sold a field and defrauded. I love this word. That's why I chose this translation. Defrauded. You are not being honest with the truth of the sale of the purchase and the actual proceeds of what you benefited from that transaction and defrauded of the price of the field. And his wife was witting. Have you ever heard a witting accomplice, a participating, understanding what was going on? They participated a witting and she was witting and he brought a part and laid it before the feet of the apostles. Peter specifically. And Peter said to him, Ananias, why hath Satan tempted thine heart that thou lie to the Holy Ghost? In another translation, Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan tempted thine heart thee to lie to the Holy Ghost and to defraud of the price of the field? Whether it unsold was not thine, and when it was sold, it was in thy power. Why hast thou put this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied to men, but to God. Ananias heard these words and fell down and was dead. And great dread was made on all that heard. And young men rose and moved him away and bare him out and buried him. And there was made a space of three hours and his wife knew couples coming into the house. And guess what? As the storms come down, rain is falling, flood around, wind blowing, beating on the house. If you're not genuine, the kids know, 
The neighbors know, the family members know, the community knows you're putting on a fake facade and it's not genuine. So the wife, the wife in the space of three hours and his wife knew not the thing that was done and entered. And Peter answered to her, woman, say to me whether you sold the field for so much. And she said, yea, for so much. And Peter said to her, what befell to you? Lo, the feet of them that have buried thine husband be at the door and they shall bear thee out. And she dropped dead. Now, at once, she fell down at his feet and died and the young men entered and found her dead and they bear her out and buried her to next to her husband and great dread was made in all the church and into all that heard these things. Now, as the time is drawing nigh, I want you to go to Matthew seven. We started at Matthew seven and we're going to end at Matthew seven. Matthew seven had a part that I wanted to share because I remember memorizing the scripture many years ago. It talked about how we are to ask. There are people who have some homes that need some restoration. We have to first go to God and ask him for forgiveness. I always talk about Matthew six with the Lord. The father knows what we have need of before he asks. He knows what's going behind these doors of our households. He knows where storms are hitting and the husband ain't right. The children aren't right. The wife is not right. All this stuff is going on the fireworks that nobody talks about. And we only hear about it when somebody is saying, I'm done. I'm divorcing kids is out of control. And all of a sudden somebody's being called to say, can you pray for my kids? Can you come? I need to go down to the jailhouse. Can you come? I need to go drive and find my kids. All this stuff. We may not know it, but God does. But God talks about things about gifts and how we talk about in our households, how we give these good gifts. But we say, we think we give good gifts, but there's some gifts that we need to be asking of the Lord forgiveness need to ask him for forgiveness and restoration, peace, grace, kindness, long suffering, all that stuff that we learn about in the love chapter and all that stuff that we learn all from the 66 books of the Bible. But I want y'all to see something. Go to verse seven of chapter seven. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock these houses. God is trying to knock, say, let me in. Let me in. Listen to what words I have. Do these words. And it says, knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. And this, then he gives the example to tell us about these gifts that he has versus what we think we have. And it says, or what man is there among you who if his son, that boy again, that child in that house, if his son ask for bread, will give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent. Then it says, if you then, meaning you and I, if you then being evil, we have sin. We are forgiven of sin through Jesus Christ, sinless blood. But we being evil, he says, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him. And let me talk about the gifts that we should be asking for to make it even more plain. He's already given us the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus came, he died. We have Jesus as the free gift 
of his son. We have the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. We have the free gift of the Holy Comforter, the Holy Spirit. We have the free gift of the word of God, which became flesh. We have the ability to have in our hearts the good tree, to bear the good fruit. But we also have the ability to build the house on the rock of Christ. But God says you have to hear and do. But he says some of you don't want to hear. Some of you don't want to do and you're being like the foolish man and it, your house could fall. And a lot of people under the sound of my voice, your house is falling apart because you say, I don't need Jesus. I don't need to give a damn. But guess what? You are damning your household. You are sending them to hell based on you not wanting to hear and heed the word of God. There is no positive outcome when you don't have Christ. And even those of you who are in the house of worship who are pretending, who are playing the game to say, oh, I can fake this. I can fake it. You cannot fake faith and knowledge of Christ and him knowing you and you knowing him. You can pretend, but there is a time that you will hear what he says in Matthew chapter seven. You don't want to have him say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. You don't want that to happen. It's my prayer in the name of Jesus that you hear me clearly. The storms at the house, the storms at home, the fireworks that nobody talks about. Nobody knows what's happening, but you do. God does. And it takes one of you in that household, all of you in that household, if you can pray to God, ask, ask, knock at his door and say, I'm coming because of your Christ is allowing me to have free access to you. I need you. This house needs you. Our children need you. We can't do it without you. We can only stand and have this house built on the rock of your salvation, of your truth. And through your Holy spirit coming in, if you got demons in the house, cover them with the blood of Jesus. If you got issues in your house, go be honest before the Lord and say, it's not working God because, but guess what? You can't put all your attention on the other, the other spouse, the other partner, the children go before him and just talk about you first. You come to God and repent. You come to God and, and yield yourself, submit yourself to him. Ask of, of him to help you ask that you get yourself right. You make sure your tree is a good tree. You make sure you are giving good fruit. Take care of first the person that you're talking to, looking at in the mirror, make sure your tree is right before you start talking about another tree. That's in Matthew seven too. Matthew seven is powerful. The whole word of God is powerful, but I just pray in the name of Jesus that something has been said tonight to allow breakthroughs in your life. My intention with Fordo's production is for the truth of God's word to be taught. When I talk about things of faith, I want people to learn of different things that we're all struggling with. I want my season of life for the breath that God's given me to share what life lessons he's given me. I'm not perfect. Lord knows I am not perfect. I am a sinner saved by grace. None is righteous. No, not one, just Jesus Christ. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I'm right there in the list, 
but God knows my heart that I want to share the truth of his word because I see the falling apart of these households. I see the women and the men and the children in pain, hurting. And if we don't start saying the truth and giving it with the, the seasoning of the love of God in the truth and breaking it down, these people are going to continue being in pain and hardship and sorrow. And it's my desire that as God says, the harvest is ripe, saints. The harvest is ripe and ready. The laborers are few. I'm one of the laborers. I pray in the name of Jesus that you become one of the laborers. And if you can't, if you don't feel comfortable talking, teaching is not your gift, share. Tell them about going to Fort O's Productions channel on YouTube or share the video or share a link. Do something. Pray. But share the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you can't do it yourself, share the message. Go find some teaching and share the message. There's so much out there. If you can't do it, saints, let the people that are trying to do it in the name of Jesus, just share it. We're trying to do all we can. Join the labor force. Help share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Matthew 28 is important for all of us. Do what, you're, do what you can. Do your part. I love you and Lord willing, I will see you next time. God bless you.